When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Eye on Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We're at Gillette Stadium. And let's just get right to it, Mark. What did we just see? Guys, it happened. Mac Jones, fourth quarter comeback. Patriots scored over 20 points. Mac Jones beat a team who scored 25 or more. Everything that we have sort of hammered on with this Patriots offense is like low scoring games. You know, they're not clutch. It was, it was a big, big time, big time performance by Mac, big time performance. I'm, as you can probably tell, I don't really know what to say right now because I'm just shocked at what we witnessed. We witnessed a Patriots fourth quarter comeback led by Mac Jones against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, an improbable comeback, I would say. You probably don't know what to say because to peel back the curtain a little bit, both of our, both of us are coming from out-of-state weddings today. Mine was just in Maine, so not as bad. Mark, yours was? I was in Florida last night. I, I've been up since uh, around 3 o'clock in the morning, and I took a 5.30 a.m. flight, and my hope by like basically killing myself and not sleeping was that I was going to see a good football game. Now I'll be honest when the Patriots started one in five, I started, I started to regret my decision to, you know, fly home from Florida the day after a wedding at five 30 in the morning and work. But I'm really happy. I saw this, Chris. Um, I thought this performance said a lot about Mac Jones. I thought it said a lot about the Patriots. They, they changed things up on both sides of the ball. They adjusted and the players responded against a team that everyone expected them to lose to. Yeah, so this is kind of the team that I think we expected to see coming into the year, right? Solid defense, good defense. The offense makes enough plays when they have to. They ran the ball pretty well. Um, I, I don't think either of us would have picked them against the Bills really at any point, but the Bills kind of look broken now. That's an entirely different conversation where offensively they're kind of a mess and the defense misses Matt Milano so badly. Um, but this is a huge win for them. It's, I mean, the best of the best of the season easily, but like, Maybe the best win of the Mac Jones era? Yeah, it's definitely the best win of the Mac Jones era. It is the second fourth quarter comeback for Mac Jones. The other one happened his rookie year against the Houston Texans, and that quarterback was Davis Mills. And that Texans team stunk. They were bad. They were very, very bad. So, you know, all year, in these past three weeks, really, what what I've been talking about and what Chris has been talking about with Mac Jones has been like, hey, we, we need to see him respond, right? Like coming out of that... New York Jets game, the Patriots won, but the whole narrative was, well, Mac Jones is a dirty player because he hit Sauce Gardner below the belt. And I was like, oh, you know what? The the he is kind of on Mac. Let's see what he does. And he went out and he got benched and blown out against Dallas. Well, how's Mac going to respond? He went out and got benched and blown out by the Saints. And then last week, or yeah, last week, we, where were we last week? We were in Vegas. Like yep. time is just... <laughs> Really, it's just standing still for me right now. But then last week in Vegas, I wasn't very impressed with Max's decision-making. He threw another ugly interception. And we're all thinking, hey, is it Malik Cunningham time? Are they going to go to Will Greer? Like, is, is this just going to get worse? And honestly, I thought it would. The Bills had the number one ranked um, 
pass rush in the NFL. They had one of the best passing defenses in the NFL. And Mac went out there and he completed 25 of 30 passes for 227 yards with two touchdowns and folks, no interceptions. That is what I call a comeback slash a, a way to just rebound and sort of restart. Mac, he's not out of the woods yet, but to rebuild sort of his brand and to earn the confidence and trust in everyone, we have to see more of this from him. Yeah, so I don't want to be the one to throw cold water on the thing. But I don't think this really changes much this season where they're sitting two and five now. I, I don't think they're going to, you know, suddenly become a playoff team or, you know, win, win 11 straight now. So Nick O'Malley's 12 and five prediction comes true from our preseason <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I tweeted that one out today. But hey, they, they got one. You can't you can't start an 11 game winning streak without one win. So um, I it does make the Mac Jones stuff a little more interesting moving forward in regards to the fifth year option, whether he's the guy, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, there are still moments in this game where like he took that brutal sack that he couldn't take that sacked them out of field goal range, fumbled the ball. And they called a phantom. What was that illegal contact or something? Automatic first down. It was kind of a bailout play where it was like, okay, how differently are we looking at this thing? If that happens. And of course, you know, almost doesn't really matter. It didn't happen. This is the reality we live in, but the reality is still the Patriots are two and five and have Miami on the road next week. Yeah. The reality is, you know, before we talk about a fifth year option and and Mac Jones being a starting quarterback in the NFL beyond this year, he has to put together more of these games. He has to play clean, you know, but listen, we're, we're about to head into week eight. Now there's, there's going to be a lot more starts for Mac Jones as long as he stays healthy and it is really up to him to control his destiny. I was talking to Kendrick Bourne after the game today about Mac, and Kendrick brought up sort of what Mac went through at Alabama. He's like, he's like, listen, he's been through adversity before, and he's had a battle, and he's had people say sort of negative things about him. And you know what? He's right. At Alabama, he was a backup behind Tua and Jalen Hurts. In the one year he started, people and fans actually wanted Bryce Young to start. He had to compete with a freshman who was a very highly regarded recruit. And, you know, he went out, he battled, and, you know, he got drafted in the first round. So, like, he's been through some things here and there. But for Mac to turn this around, for the Patriots to feel confident to give him, like, $20 million guaranteed, we're going to have to see a lot more games like this. And what I thought was big about this game, Chris, was that, you know, we, we saw what the Patriots' offense was, right? They're going to run the ball, and they're going to live in that short to intermediate pass game. And I think it's fine. The, the key for Mac Jones is to make the right reads and not do too much. And that's really what he did. You're right. He he, he took a sack. He fumbled. Michael Winnie recovered it. So it wouldn't have been a turnover. But at the end of the day, I'd rather him freeze in the pocket and, and take a sack than try to do too much, which was happening in Dallas and against the Saints. So I thought it was positive, but I, I was encouraged with how Bill O'Brien set up this offense. Yeah, I mean, I would rather him not take a sack in a situation where the only thing you can't do is take a sack to get out of field goal range. I think they were at the 33, but I digress. Um, I do think the offense, this is what we were expecting with O'Brien, right? In the first drive, particularly, there were a lot of cool concepts and it looked advanced. This is who they want to be. And I think the biggest part of that is playing from ahead. You know, they went down, they went up by 10 points in this game. And when you're doing that, then you can dictate the tempo you keep the running backs involved who are like, that's the best part of your offense. Most of the time it's going to be Ramondre and Zeke. Um, and yeah, this is easily the best the offense has looked all year. I, it's kind of what we expected. Right. And, and what's crazy to me is that uh, after, after this game, Kendrick Bourne told me the Patriots actually went into this game really confident because they had a great week of practice. Now it's not the first time I've heard they had a great week of practice, 
But but Kendrick said this past week he felt that everyone bought in and what the Patriots offense was doing in practice against their scout team defense. It just seemed to be clicking and everyone was real positive. I, I did notice, you know, this week in the locker room, too, Chris, I don't know if you've noticed this. It seemed like players were positive and they were having fun. On, yeah. on Thursday, I talked with an offensive player off the record about how things were going and he was super positive. And basically the message was, you know, the Patriots know what they do well and they have to go and do it. You're right. They have to set up the run. They can't turn over the ball. They want to get a lead and, and play ahead. And if they could do these little things a little bit better, it, it should you know lead to more confidence and, and better showings like we saw today. Yeah. I thought they were super loose in the locker room this week. And I was kind of like, okay, is this like because you're one in five and are like whatever or but no, it was, they, it was a quiet confidence. And I think they knew they had a good game plan coming into this and you saw it executed. The only issue is the margin for error is just still so small with this team where, you know, Mac Jones played the best game of the season, maybe maybe his best game period. And they still ne like needed a score with 12 seconds left to win the game. Yep. And I think part of that is not having a ton of explosive players on offense. You know, there's not there's not an eraser. There's not, you know, a step digs that can that's going to rip off like an 80 yard touchdown. Although they did a very good job with digs in this game. But one player who I think is building momentum just gets more impressive every week is Pop Douglas. And it's not even building momentum every week. It's building momentum back to the summer. I mean, when we're watching him in those one on one drills. We've talked about it on here before, but it's like, geez, he's making professional defensive backs look terrible and now you're starting to see that on game day you are and you're seeing him come up just in big moments i mean the first play of the game mac jones threw a nine-yard pass to pop douglas you know later later in that quarter he catches it you know a 10-yard ball when it's second and 10 you know he even i believe it was um third and one and mac actually hit yeah it was third and one mac goes right back to the rookie he catches a ball for 16 yards and we saw him get involved in the run game. He, he took a he took a handoff, made this guy just look absolute silly, Grant, for 20 yards. And oh yeah, he took a punt return back 25 yards. And that drive, that actually helped set up a field goal. I, I'm not lying when I say this guy, Pup Douglas is a weapon. He, he's probably one of the most dynamic weapons the Patriots have. And I thought a big thing that was working for them today, and this isn't great news for a veteran on the roster, was that Pup Douglas was their main slot receiver. I, and that is because Juju Smith-Schuster was inactive. He's inactive because I believe he's still in the concussion protocol. But even when he comes back, Chris, they have to keep Pup Douglas in this lineup, even if that means benching Juju Smith-Schuster and lessening his role. I agree with that strongly, especially given just what I think the shape of Juju's knee is right now, where he just doesn't look explosive. He doesn't. And that's the word that comes to mind with Pop is every time he has the ball in his hands, you feel like he could make an explosive play. And this team lacks that. Um, I think one thing that's helping Mac Jones, too, is starting to really realize who his go-to guys are. And I think you saw that in this game where your leading receivers are Pop, Kendrick Bourne, on the game-winning drive, crucial third down. Where does he go? Hunter Henry, you know? And I think that's going to help them moving forward. But it's alarming that the names that aren't in that mix are Juju, who obviously was inactive, Devontae Parker, no, Tyquan Thornton, no, you know, so I, I don't know what you do moving forward, but I, I think Mac has his guys at a certain point. You bring up a great point. Patriots are paying a lot of money to Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker, but the truth is they're, they're not explosive players. When push comes to shove, he's going to Kendrick Bourne, Ramondre Stevenson, to Mario Douglas, Hunter Henry. And all honesty, guys, Farrell Brown is actually a nice piece to the puzzle. Farrell Brown, every time the guy touches the ball, he goes for like 20 yards. He had 
two catches for 51 yards today. It's like, you know, what? I, I understand why the Patriots liked Devontae Parker and why they trade for him. He's a deep ball X receiver who's better than Nikhil Harry. And I understand on paper why they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. The guy had 900 yards last season. He's been very productive. He had that one 1,400-yard season in Pittsburgh. But the truth is you're in a spot where you need to pay and play the best players possible. It doesn't matter if you draft a Tyquan Thornton in the second round. All that matters is your six-round Pop Douglas looks like one of your most dynamic weapons, and he's making other grown men look extremely silly on the field. It's awesome. He's a human highlight reel. He's Mr. Joystick. Joystick part two, you know, after Deion Lewis. I would push back on the, like, it doesn't matter about playing Taekwon because he's a second rounder, because I think you're still going to want to play your young guys down the stretch here because I don't think you're a playoff team and you're still going to have to find out what you have. I like, I I don't want to keep throwing cold water on this, but I still think the reality is they're a two and five team in last place and they need to operate with an eye towards the future. And and with that being said, you know, Taekwon thing is interesting to me because he's played a lot of snaps. I think that's a, a big reason why you continue to lean on Pop Douglas too, especially over a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know if the Patriots can get out of that Juju contract, but if you were to trade him next year, it essentially, I think the other team would only owe around $7 million, so that could be an interesting thing. But Chris, does this at all impact the Patriots' thoughts on the trade deadline that's coming up? In a, it'll be a week from Tuesday, I believe. You know, How, how do you approach this if you're them? Like, I know a lot of people are saying, me including that they should look to trade Kendrick Bourne because they get something for him. How much changes for Mac Jones if you trade Kendrick Bourne one? And part two of that question is, are you giving Mac Jones a fair shake this season if you trade his number one receiver? The kid has had enough fair shakes. We're on offensive coordinator number three. He's had every every chance to succeed. And hey, today he succeeded. He's had he had good pieces, but he has it more often than not. So we're not doing the Mac Jones fair shake thing. Nuh-uh. But I, I would still sell at the deadline. Like I said, you're two and five. You need an eye towards the future. And if you can get a real return from someone like, I personally wouldn't want to trade Bourne because I think that he's someone that you can build around moving forward. But I mean, they gave Devontae Parker that extension over the summer. So it's like, I, what are we doing here? But I, I would still sell. Um, I, I think that you need to, you're still looking at a rebuild. Today was like an awesome day for them, but they're at two and five. They're two and five and the defense, you know, defense started strong, struggled towards the end to really contain Josh Allen. It's been two weeks in a row as well. The Patriots defense has struggled to contain a tight end. Uh, Don Kincaid, Bill's rookie, caught eight passes on eight targets for 75 yards. They also struggled against rookie Michael Mayer last week. And that's a really weird thing, given like given how strong I think their safety room is, that that's become a new like Achilles heel. And I don't know if that's allocating too many guys to um, wide receivers, but yeah, second week in a row, a tight end's kind of lit him up, and it's like, what? But I think one of the biggest things that actually happened today, guys, and a reason why Mac played better and why the offense played well is because Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, um, Adrian Clem, you know what they finally did? They had Skarnacki in the building? No, no, yes, but <laughs> they moved Michael Wenu from guard to right tackle. I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus. It finally happened. Um, for those who do not know me, I have been on this Michael Wenu should be playing right tackle train forever, really since his rookie season. I thought he played decently as a rookie at right tackle. I think it's easier to find guards than it is tackles. The Patriots right guard situation has been embarrassing over the first six weeks between Calvin Anderson, Vidarian Lowe. They have just been turnstiles. And I almost felt like I was ripping out my hair. Now, Michael Wenu is playing through an injury. 
an ankle injury. It hasn't been easy. But finally, we saw it. And I thought that was one of the main differences. Mac Jones even said it after the game. It's like, I had time. The big difference for Mac Jones was the offensive line. He said, quote, I have time. And you know who liked that tweet was Kendrick Bourne. The Patriots understand this. Their offensive line hasn't been good. It was different today, Chris. And I think the big reason is because they had a competent right tackle in the fold. Yeah, that was huge. This is easily the best the offensive line has looked. I mean, it might just be because Scar's in the building and there's a little like stardust there. Um, but yeah, I think this has to be the combination moving forward. And it was funny that Belichick wouldn't commit to that after the game. And he said, I'll talk to Mike. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> is he being consulted now on whether he's going to play guard or tackle? I mean, it's it's very it's a very kind bill if that's how it's working. But yeah, I would expect we see this group uh, rolling moving forward. The only thing is you're just still so thin where when Trent Brown had to come out of the game for a series and Vidarian Lowe went in and promptly got called for an ineligible receiver on his first snap that erased a huge play. It was yeah, like, it was oh. Huge, that was a huge play. It was a 20-something-yard catch by Farrell Brown. And a couple play, and, and the Patriots are in such a hole. Kendrick Bourne admitted after the game, he tried to make an extra move because it was like second down and 15. And Kendrick ended up fumbling. And, and that's when Josh Allen scored with two minutes, you know, 159 left on the clock. And like, so you can make the argument, Vidarian Lowe, if he wasn't out there, you know, maybe the fumble never happens. But, you know, we keep, this is an inception. You can't go back. Yeah, I mean, you could also make the argument that if they had competent tackle depth, we wouldn't be having this conversation, which is essentially, you know, where we're at. Uh, what did you make of the contract extension that was reported for the game for Bill Belichick in a very, very vague fashion? It's lucrative, multi-year, but that could just be through next season. It's The timing is certainly interesting that it gets dropped when they're one and five. You had this earlier. When When's the last time that Belichick's contract info came out? The only time Bill Belichick's contract info ever came out was during Spygate in 2007. And at that point, people looked at it as someone in the organization saying, oh, look, the Patriots still stand by Bill Belichick. So for that to leak today after a one in five start when people are calling for Bill Belichick to be fired. Chris, I think it's very clear where this came from. It came from Bill Belichick and his camp. This was certainly not leaked by the crafts to show support behind Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is off to a very, very poor start in a situation that most people, me included, think the Patriots should move on from arguably the greatest coach of all time. So I think this was Bill Belichick or, you know, someone close to him leaking this to Anna Rappaport just to say like, hey, look, Bill Bel the Patriots committed to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is probably still going to be around. I thought it was very interesting. And to me, it could be a sign that Bill is he's getting ready for war here with, with ownership. I buy that theory too, especially given the vagueness of, oh, it's a multi-year extension, you know? Then your mind runs wild with that. It's like, oh, did Kraft ink him to four more years? Is it, you know, multi-year is so vague where it could just be through next year and that wouldn't really change a ton, you know, when it comes to the decision making where I think Robert would eat a year of salary if he decides to move on. I don't know that he would eat three years of salary if he decides. So it just really complicates it. But yeah, the timing of it was like, what? You know, and it's it's never it's never really a thing. So I don't know. He might he might be feeling the heat. I wouldn't blame him, but I think this should uh, this game will take some of that off for a bit. 
It, it will. And we'll see what happens next week after Miami. And, and then after that, you know, the Patriots have this sort of weird cushy schedule, um, right? They play other teams that are sort of where they are, kind of bad, mediocre, average, whatever you'll, you'll say, like Washington, Indy, the Giants, even like the Chargers, Pittsburgh. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes after that's tough, but then even like Denver and you end on the Jets, like there are games here that theoretically, if the Patriots play like this, they could win. And theoretically, they could finish this season somewhere above six wins, six, seven. Could I even say eight? I don't know. Let's not get crazy. But if that happens, those that conversation about Bill is probably not going to happen. If he finishes seven and nine, they'll probably give him another chance. But, you know, if they lose to all those teams I mentioned, Bill's probably out the door. But hey, before we go, Chris, we can't we can't end a podcast without doing our gold star or gold trophy. Who do you, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Pop Douglas. I think he was awesome in this game. I think he brought the spark that they needed. But I have an honorable mention for you. Bryce Berenger. I will not pick the punter when he only punts twice, but both of those punts were awesome. He boomed the 64 yarder that had uh, the Bills returner running backwards. And then the coffin corner at the end of the first half was so good that Buffalo couldn't really do anything from there. And they it just out, ran it out. It went out at the three yard yeah. line. It was great. It was tremendous. So I'm not going to pick him. I'm still picking pop, but shout out honorable mention. I'm going to give my gold star to Mac Jones, 25 to 30 for 272 with two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's, you know, that's what the Patriots needed after the way he played. I, I thought he showed a lot of guts today. And, you know, for him, he said, you know, he, his teammates told him they believe in him and he wants everyone else to believe in him. So, hey, Mac, the only way to do that is play well. I will also give an honor, honorable mention, and it was also a rookie kicker. It's uh, Chad Ryland came into this game completing somewhere in the mid 50% of his field goal kicks. He connects. He was huge. Three for three today, a career high, three field goals. He didn't miss. Unlike, you know, Tyler Bass, the Bills kicker, he missed a pretty important field goal there. So, you know, if the Patriots he, are going to win these games, they need their rookie kicker to be better. And Chad Ryland was so props to him. Bass really missed that kick, too. There's like there's doinks, there's narrow misses. Then there's ones that miss the screen entirely. The wind got that. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.